I was born on March 24, 1941, in Durango, Colorado. What's it like to grow up in a national park? That's a question Brenna Lissaway asked Bill Wade in 2012 when she was interviewing him for the Association of National Park Rangers Oral History Project. We'll hear Wade's answer in this episode of Centennial Voices. I'm historian Luann Jones of the Park History Program. Bill Wade grew up in Mesa Verde National Park. As a youth, he explored and studied the archaeological sites and cliff dwellings that had once been home to the ancestral Pueblo people. Wade's parents moved into the park three months after he was born. His father, a native of the area, helped maintain the park, control fires, and patrol boundaries. His mother ran the post office in the park. I sometimes say that um, I grew up on the mail sorting bench in the post office at Mesa Verde because as a young child, my mother would go to work every day and she would take me and then later my sister down to the post office and uh, you know as a kid I was just able to take off and go wherever I wanted to exploring places. I mean as a young kid I wandered over much of that national park by myself and you know just a great place to grow up. Mesa Verde's remote location meant that park employees looked to each other for friendship and support. There probably were 40 families that lived in the park, but I really remember the community, the permanent people in the community in particular, as being very, very, very close-knit. And, you know, they had a lot of social things together. They had a huge Halloween costume party. Mm -hmm. They just had a great time, and they were all very close. The park even had its own school. Elementary school was actually right in the park. Uh, There was a one-room schoolhouse with one teacher for all eight grades. And so I I spent all of my first eight grades um, actually going to that school. The highest number of students we had in the entire eight grades at one time was 13. And I remember the year that I was an eighth grader, I had two other eighth grade classmates. And then for high school, the first two years of high school, I went to Mancos. Mancos is a town at the base of Mesa Verde National Park. And what would happen is those five or six of us that were high school students would get uh, picked up in the morning in a station wagon driven by one of the maintenance guys from the park and we would be driven to the entrance of Mesa Verde 20 miles and then we would get picked up by a regular school bus there and then taken on into Mancos and then the same thing in the evening back out to the entrance and then the station wagon would be waiting there for us and um, we would drive back into the park. Although many National Park Service employees moved to new positions every two or three years, Wade's father chose to make his career at Mesa Verde. This stability allowed his wife to keep her job and his children to stay in the same school. It also meant he knew the park and its resources intimately, a lesson not lost on his son. He spent most of the time in the park, and he knew the park like the back of his hand. He just was all over the park, so he knew every place. And I I can remember a particular instance when there was a, a fire in the park, and these two guys who'd been sent out on this fire called in and said that they were in the vicinity of where they thought the fire was, and they could smell smoke, 
and they thought the fire was below them on a tailless slope of one of the canyons, but they couldn't figure out how to get there, mm -hmm. down to it. And so he got, somehow, got them to describe more precisely where they were. And he said, so if you just go 100 yards to your south, you're going to find this little crack down through the cliff that you can go down through it to the Taylor Slope, and you'll get there. And, you know, I mean, he's three or four miles away, but he knew that area so well. He knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly where to tell them to go. And, of course, I never gave much thought to that when I was growing up, but looking back on it, it just, it amazes me that he had that kind of background and knowledge and, you know, he'd been there and done that, so to speak. For four summers in high school and college, Wade expanded this insider knowledge by working on the Wetherill Mesa Archaeological Project, one of the largest archaeological projects ever conducted in the United States. So we surveyed the entire Mesa for its entire length of, I think, 14 miles. And from the bottom of the drainage, the canyon drainage on one side to the bottom of the canyon drainage on the other side. Mm -hmm. And looking for all of the sites, archeological sites that we could, both cliff dwellings and surface dwellings and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so that was quite fun, just going out in you know, the woods every day and running a, a kind of a grid pattern to look for evidence of these sites. And, you know, I was fairly strong and young at the time, and so I would follow these guys around and carry their little bags of dirt or their little core samples from the dendrochronology studies they were doing or whatever. Plus, I worked on some of the excavation sites, both um, the cliff dwellings like Longhouse and the surface ones, and I did some mapping and I did some photography for them, and whatever they needed done, I was, I was doing. I was just able to do a lot of different things, and so... Again, that was one of the real attractions of growing up there. Another advantage of being a youth at Mesa Verde was growing up and working with Navajos. The excavation crews in several of the uh, cliff dwellings were made up a lot, actually, of Navajos uh, that they'd hired as laborers and so forth to come and do the excavation work. Mm -hmm. And so I... I actually, I mean, my best friends growing up in Mesa Verde at the time were all Navajos. So I was lucky enough to be affiliated with uh, the Navajo culture for most of my growing up days. Although Wade had absolutely no thoughts about coming into the National Park Service permanently. He did follow in his parents' footsteps and made national parks his career and home, too. Thanks for listening. For Centennial Voices, this is Luann Jones of the Park History Program. Audio production courtesy of Alicia Rogers, an intern with the Park History Program.